Hunters Presents. Iconic! Welcome to a special. That's right. This is the Hunter special as that incredible open that we created for you just said. This is Iconics. Uh, I, I'm going to try and say that again. Iconics. There we go. But I'm going to say that again waiting on Zach because you're supposed to join me in going, this is Iconics. <laughs> there we go. And this is where we dive into as that Zach joining the show. Welcome, Zach. Hey, no problem. Look, I try to mute my mic so you can do your intro and you don't hear some, like, garbage in the background for crying out loud. Come on. We all love hearing the... <laughs> it's not my fault. This damn mic picks up everything. I can attest to that because anytime we play Friday the 13th together, I know that's the mic you use. And yep. you're in your kitchen. I, I know exactly where you are in your house because... I've been to your house. Yeah. Yeah, you have. A couple uh, of times. Yeah. And 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 your wife will be playing and I'll hear you from the bedroom screaming, Get to the chopper or some crazy crap out of the back. And I'm like, why did he say that? Or I'll hear you singing Ghostbusters and then we'll both say the same line at the <laughs> That's same time. Funny. So yeah, it is a great microphone. Yep. But you are in I Iconics. You. <laughs> you, <laughs> that's great. Uh, you are in Iconics, which is where we're going to break down uh, basically iconic creatures, iconic monsters, iconic uh, horror things, goblins, ghouls, you know, all the fun. And the first episode we did was the original Friday the 13th, which, spoiler alert, is not Jason Voorhees. It's his mother. So this time around, since uh, I guess this was voted on by the fans on our Twitter, right, Zach? Yeah, uh, I mean, like well, not I this episode. A, huh? Not not this movie we're gonna do, but they wanted another episode of Iconics. Yeah, I mean, we put out a feeler, being like, "Do you want another Iconics, or do you want us to try something else that's new that's coming down the pike?" Because let me tell you, everything was close. It Ooh. was a tight race. It came down to one vote, and this one. So obviously, because this is the winner, we're going to put this out first. That sounds like uh, an incredible thing that we did for you all. So thank us on Twitter at Haunters Pod or on Facebook Haunters Podcast. That's like a C. I'm going to even grade myself on that. That's like a C minus type of segue because it's a very oh, yeah. arrogant segue into that where it's like yes we did something for you so thank us <laughs> yes. mm. and give us a five star rating wherever you listen <laughs> right. oh but, by the way did you see that it was uh, Tombstone Josh that left us that review oh was it that's awesome yeah that's he so was cool. he, for some reason it's called him Patrick Cox so now we're oh. just going to call Tombstone Josh Patrick Cox <laughs> The full name, so we got to go Tombstone Josh Patrick Cox. Yeah, if we're going to go full name, we're calling him Patrick Cox, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is going to get very confusing for me and the lifestyle that I live because I don't remember what we just talked about. Yes! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, today's episode for you is going to be the sequel to the original Friday the 13th. We figured we'd just continue down this path of uh, this entire movie trilogy. Or trilogy. <laughs> this saga. This saga. We haven't gotten to the trilogy part within the saga of Jason Voorhees yet. That's coming down the pipeline. Uh, but this is Friday the 13th Part 2, the sequel. There is more of this story to be told, Zach. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited about talking about this because the fact of if you listen to the last episode, like I'm not the hugest fan of Friday the 13th and it's more so of a production based thing than story based thing. But this movie, on the other hand, I actually find myself more enjoying as I get older because I wasn't a huge baghead Jason fan when I was younger because <laughs> I wanted the hockey mask. I wanted I wanted the whole get up. But I'll be honest, I think story wise and just creepy vibes, I feel like this movie pulls off pretty well, even better more so than the original movies like creepy eerie feel. I agree with you. This is kind of one of those fun, uh, it, fun. It is fun. The whole entire franchise is fun, but this is just an a, a good movie. Like the last one we did when we talked about Friday the Thirteenth, I said how much I really love that movie. I ranked it high every time. I constantly yelled at you for not enjoying it, and I didn't really enjoy it in the last viewing felt that it was a little slow where this time around by the time I got to part two I was like oh this is this is good this is the things that I love this has got a lot of fun to it this has got a lot of camp to it this is kind of doing some really interesting things uh and once and and really brought up some really like I love the deaths in this movie but uh I I wanted to say that it does have a lot of bad to it as well like as much as i can praise this movie a lot the bad like i don't mind the baghead in this movie actually i kind of enjoyed watching the baghead although i question how is he able to see everybody out of one eye uh like it's things like that but i i really did enjoy this movie i think there's a lot of good in this movie okay so before we really dive into it the the plot of the movie uh, at least according to IMDb, says Mrs. Voorhees is dead and Camp Crystal Lake is shut down, but a camp next to the infamous place is stalked by an unknown assailant. So it takes place five years later. New group of kids are about to open up a camp. They they are aware of what happened to Mrs. Voorhees. They're aware of Jason Voorhees. And throughout the movie, they... They treat it as a myth, like, you know, they treat Jason as, you know, this kid who died, but he would be full grown now if he was alive. I think if there's anything plot wise, why would you automatically think if he was an adult, this would be the adult? It's because you've showed us an adult killing people throughout the movie and starting with the movie. We have uh, the first one's surviving lady, Alice. Alice played by Adrian King, she actually came back and I found the beginning very like creepy. I did. I do think the use of the camera, uh, acting like it was a first person was an interesting choice just because I don't know if it was supposed to be a misdirect. Does that make sense? I, I feel like it was supposed to be a misdirect because you kind of have no idea. You're not expecting anybody from the lake to be there so you're like oh who's this outside uh, and I feel like it's also a fun way paying off again what kind of a lot of people started paying off or paying homage to in that time which was the Halloween open I got a lot right. of that feel as well from it as well with the kind of stalking of the girl alone in the house at this point in time and getting a little bit of a first person camera view of what's going right. on in there as well so uh, it, it was it was it, I got that feel from it as well. I got a creepy yeah. feel. I got a very creepy feel, but it didn't feel like what we would come to know from Friday the 13th. I'll say that, which was very refreshing in a rewatch. 
Yeah. And like, like I said, they did a very like, oh, we're following her because like the camera would take a step back and do yeah. stuff like that when she was moving room to room. And she opens the shower and looking directly into the camera because the phone's ringing. But like, that's not the first person. So it kind of feels like at the beginning, at least they're they're trying to say it's not going to be like the first movie. It's not going to be just following a killer that you are trying to guess who it is the entire time. It's now we're doing our own thing. So she finds a head in her fridge. Was that Mrs. Voorhees head? I think that is Mrs. Voorhees head. I think that's Jason putting his mom's head in the fridge before taking it back to Crystal Lake. Uh, so disrespectful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you put your mom's head inside a fridge? Just like, I'm going to really get, like, he's a prankster. That's pretty much what he does. <laughs> I never thought about that. Jason is a prankster. He's pranking them before he kills them. He's like, ha ha, laugh. See my mom's severed head that you did? Ha ha ha, now I'm going to sever yours. <laughs> Punchline. So... Right, exactly. So he kills her, and then we get to the meat of this movie, where that's what it kind of felt like in the beginning was, okay, we just killed the one person that could survive this thing. And I bet through the trailers, they showed her all through it, so you would believe that she was in the entire movie. But then we meet all these characters, and let me tell you, as much complaining as I did about the girl that they were kind of setting up to seem like she was the girl that I hated last movie to be the surviving girl, but then flipped it for uh, Alice. And I wasn't a big Alice fan, but I'll tell you what, I am a Jenny fan. I think Jenny is hands down one of the best of the final girls. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I did want to say, though, oh, you're that... Stupid. Um, <laughs> oh, you're so stupid. Yeah, am I? Am I? Yeah, um, a little bit. I mean, we haven't girl... even gotten to Jason X yet, buddy. Uh, so uh, oh I, I just want to take a step back and talk about Alice. Uh, okay. I find that to be part of the bad about this movie is that the opening sequence kills her off, and that's very typical sequel. And it's kind of annoying mm-hmm. and frustrating that it's like here's a cool character that killed Mrs. Voorhees and survived the first one, and here she is at her home, well away from Crystal Lake or Packanac. Uh, and, uh, you know, she's being stalked all the way away, like grown Jason. Like, he, baby Jason grew up in the lake really quickly to grown Jason and was like, I'm going to find that girl that killed my mom at this lake wherever she is in the world. Like, that kind of bothers me it's a badass open like don't get me wrong it's a badass open it is a swerve because you don't expect her to die so quickly but you should because it literally is what you see in every movie sequel oh bring back the survivor the final girl and kill her to establish a new final girl which happens to be jenny and yeah you know what i'm not saying she's not a bad final girl because i have a weird feeling towards her as a final girl and that partly comes from the fact that I actually sent a picture of her when rewatching this to a friend and said this this final girl is you because they look absolutely identical and I absolutely like crush on that girl so you know like now I got a crush on Ginny so you know it's like oh snap so like yeah I like her as a final girl but I don't know if she's the best one buddy <laughs> okay A I didn't say she was the best final girl that I've ever seen okay B Here's my thing, though. 
you're talking about a trope that possibly this movie created. I know. So it's kind of <laughs> unfair to judge it off the other movies that you've watched because they did it off of this. Yeah, that's true because Halloween 2, I think, came out. It has Jamie Lee. And Jamie Lee survives that. And then 3 comes it. out. And then by the time 4 comes out, uh, I think Friday the 13th Part 2 already came out. And 4 unceremoniously just wrote her off off screen but that was well after part two for friday the 13th was like hey kill the uh kill the final girl because yeah this came right. out in 1981 right so, so yeah i just feel oh, i just you're right. feel killing her off kind of makes sense because this is what i'm enjoying about the rewatch because i know i i get it it's friday the 13th i'm not going to go deep into it like you're not supposed to <laughs> But if you really sit back and think about it, like everybody pictures Jason as this zombie death killer guy. But yeah. in reality, in the beginning movies, he is a person. So if he was there where his mom got killed by this girl, you're telling me that this guy would not go to Camp Crystal Lake, go to the employee section of this thing find her address because he's not a zombie at this point he's just a fugly dude which i completely understand so yeah he doesn't drive he doesn't do all that five years later he's walking to there it's very kind of like um rob zombies halloween 2 where uh, michael myers is just walking that entire way trying to get to haddonfield it's kind of the same deal in my eyes that he's going to go kill the woman that killed his mom I'm just picturing Jason Voorhees grown up, weird face, wearing this bag hat and just like trying to get on a bus and get across the country so that he can he can kill the girl that killed his mom. Or he's just hitchhiking across the country, just bag hat and everything and just, you know, just this Jason Voorhees lugging his way. Like, that's all I'm picturing now is how did he get there? I'm picturing like now that's the story I want. That's what I wanted the opening to be. See Jason Voorhees get out of the lake, hop a taxi cab to about Nevada, then take a bus the rest of the way out there and then kill her. I mean, you're, you're making a comedy stick. I get it. But like at the same time, I'm, I'm legitimately, I'm of the mind. Jason walked that entire way to go kill her just to go back home that, because that he wanted revenge. But you know what? You bring up a cool point. How cool would it be to get like a comic of like that journey? Because if he's a murderer anyways, he's going to murder on the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, well so, it's kind of like Jason takes Manhattan, which we'll eventually get to. He just kind of murders yeah. along the way. Right. Exactly. So uh, continuing on, because I don't want to just stick with the beginning. Yeah. Let's, I let's, think let's get to the movie. <laughs> is, I think Jenny's great because they, they put her in situations in this movie to make her look strong. Like she's the one using the chainsaw to cut the wood. She's in control telling people what to do. Like she's not just some girl who's going to be chased by a killer later on. She's actually going to survive. And I actually like, her um her boyfriend quote i don't know uh paul who's played by john fury like he is a good like supplement with her i feel both of them work off each other well throughout the movie i believe in their relationship and going forward and speaking of the other kids 
I actually like these group of kids more so than the last one because there's a little diversity and there's it's fun because I feel like not only are the characters, but the setting plays into Friday the 13th, the game so much that it makes me actually root for everything that I'm seeing in this movie, like Pakanak, like um, the kid in the wheelchair. Like, I really love that kid. Uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up. That's part of, in rewatch, I find that to be part of the bad of the movie is the way that they represent him. And it just feels so... I know it was written in the 80s and made in, I said 1981, but in today's standard, it's just kind of one of those, I was like, oh, a lot of this is really uncomfortable because you're like some of the dialogue like oh so you're you're in a wheelchair does everything work from the waist up like what <laughs> just it, I, I mean, don't know I felt like it wasn't it's it, it this is my this is my woke moment this is my man you know they really in 1981 didn't write a very good um uh, wheelchair bound character and it, it kind of affected my re, my rewatching ability here I mean that's you that's cool I mean yeah. I find I found the character fun I found the flirtatious of like her being like, does everything work down there? Because she's trying to get his D wet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, to me, like it was more so look how capable he was. He was stronger than everybody. He was making people push themselves physically. He didn't feel bad for himself. Like to me, that's a strong character, not a weak know. character. I don't know. I felt, I don't know. I felt like it was very throwaway character I, I just I don't know I didn't like it I didn't it didn't work it didn't work for me that well so I don't know I don't know hey eh, eh. to each their own I yeah, guess I guess I guess um, but from there I would say let me look at my notes real quick uh, one part that I absolutely positively loved was there was a character that went swimming and uh, when she was in the water the uh Harry Manfredini who does the music he was using like a very jaws based theme but using it in Friday the 13th form oh and I... let me tell you i was marking out i thought that part was great now if you want to talk about a con what i didn't like is the guy scott who came and like stole her clothes he practically was trying to rape this girl the entire movie yeah now, that's a character i can't get behind no and i didn't get behind him either as well because he was just i i actually really a lot of the male characters in this movie i did not enjoy uh okay and the only one that i kind of liked was paul but paul even came across as a little aggressive for me as well at times uh okay i I just I, I don't know. Really interesting. You're against all these characters when in the first movie, like the head camp counselor guy was trying to like practically rape Alice into like a job. They, uh, I had gotten the but assumption that they said, already oh, had a relationship. I had gotten the assumption. <laughs> no, I didn't like. I didn't like him. But I had gotten the assumption <laughs> that they had had a relationship, and I find that moment in the first one to be incredibly awkward in the opening, where our first introductions okay. to those two are like, "Oh, okay, he's the head, she's working," and then he's like, "Come on." Why don't like you he's want touching like, her? Yeah, <laughs> like I, he is physically putting himself on her in a I, way that I am not comfortable with. And he gets the death he deserves in that movie. Oh, and so it does been. wheelchair guy. 
<laughs> and so does Scott. <laughs> okay, well, Scott I'm starting to figure right. this Scott out. Scott dies right. I'm starting right. to figure this out. They wrote characters that I didn't really fully enjoy and uh, mm-hmm. got deaths that I went, oh, that was a cool death. Cool job, Tom Smitty. Right. <laughs> right. I, I like what you guys did there with your uh, special effects team. <laughs> Do you have any uh, other good things that you like about this movie? Uh, I enjoy kind of the in-depth into the lore, like the bar sequence, I think is a really good yeah. kind of moment where uh, a lot of these films, when they try to, you know, do some type of dialogue to explain things, or it's usually really, like, part three is really kind of ridiculous. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> but I liked this one where they went out to the bar and Alice was like, well, imagine this. If, you know, what if he saw his mother get killed? Wouldn't he come back? Like, just furthering the lore of Jason Voorhees in a logical way at the bar where they're kind of like, okay, seriously, come on. Oh, no, but what about? What if? What if? And uh, I just thought that bar moment was a really good moment, a really fun moment. Uh, And away from the camp, which is, you know, the camp is where all the action is. So the fact that they were able to keep me entertained in that type of sequence away from the camp, I, I, I I was a fan of that sequence. I'm good with the bar conversation. I think they laid heavily into the, oh, Jason would be an adult now kind of stuff. And I think that took me out of the believing of it because I know it's Jason. I I mean, I get that, you know, I've watched since movies been out forever, but at the same time, I never was like, I wonder who this is. And then on top of that, you already gave me kind of that scene at the campfire story at the beginning where, you know, they're mentioning Jason and they're, you know, they're saying, oh, he's around and blah, blah, blah. And then there's that fake scare that pops up and he's like, all right, that's it. I don't want to talk about it no more. And I think that's a perfect cap. I think that's great if you treat it like it's not real because this ain't going to happen. And then it shows up where I feel if you keep questioning it, yeah, obviously it's going to happen by this guy. You don't need to ring it to death. I do like the conversation. Like you said, I just wish they wouldn't have done that line of like, Oh, that was five years ago. Hmm. He would be an adult, wouldn't he? Yeah. But to me, that's more of a a step back for the audience because sometimes you kind of need to it is kind of a smacking us over the head with the audience but I feel like that was just written that's more of a step back that's more of a okay guys let's let's you know reset here it would be five years later he'd be a grown up by now if Jason was real wink wink you know he's real you've been watching him kill it these characters don't know but they're having the hypothetical what if eh it can't be eh no that story we told earlier that we scared the mom was just nothing but a story to scare them on it's not real like that's I, I take that more as a step back we're re-explaining this audience and you're right it can it it is a little smacking over the head but I just felt that that was a very good enjoyable moment away where in the first film your moment away from the camp was I'm sitting in a diner thanks I'll see you later. Talking to a waitress that obviously wants him. Yeah. Everybody in these movies wants to smash. Somebody. Somebody does. Jason just wants Um, to smash some heads. That's right. So I kind of want to go on to cons now because the cons for me also start developing more towards the end because that's when you start getting the creepier shots of women. And like, I don't know. There's a full-blown sequence that you see 
bottom portion over top. Yeah. And that yeah, took and me just, back so hard. I was like, I did not remember that. Yeah, I, I mean, I know it's the joke that, oh, these horror movies, all they're about is, like, slashing and seeing boobies. And, like, this movie, and the first one, really, just the way they do it comes off even super creepier. Like, when you look at Halloween at the beginning when Michael kills his sister, like, she's topless, but it's shot in a form where you're not paying attention to it. And even later on in that movie where um, Lori's friend is right in front of Michael who's dressed as the ghost and he's she's like, see anything you like? Like, even that's not as creepy as what this is doing, which is just full on just showing you a scene of a woman naked for no reason. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It is a lot of gratuitous double-downed like it's like they were like oh the stuff we did in the first one let's amp that up but more so than sequels normally amp it up like if that yeah. makes sense like they yeah. just they just it felt like it's only like an hour and 26 minutes i think the movie is something yeah. an hour and 27 you know including the credits i want to say that there's got to be some type of just gratuitous boob shot or or again, there was a shot where you don't just see boobs, you see something else, at least like every 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and it's 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 a very it's a very sexualized version of this movie. And, I and think none of them a lot of them didn't make sense. A lot of them didn't make sense. That's the other problem, is that they just kind of were like, now she's topless, but why? Yeah. Like I, 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 I don't think that's one of the bright points of the movie and it's yeah uh, moving on from there what kind of con do you have other than that uh i i mentioned that i the the wheelchair the the character in the wheelchair and kind of the way that they yeah. offed him uh i mentioned alice's death uh yeah outside of that kind of just really those like questions that i ask again like the overall bad for me is like the things where it starts getting to like he's only got one eye like he's only using one eye what uh is he human is he not human okay he's human like it's things like that it's a lot of the kind of those little things that start bothering me a little bit uh mm -hmm. and and just kind of a little bit of the over to the top stuff like i mentioned the nudity things and kind of how predictable as well it starts to become where it's like okay we know this one's dead followed by this one followed by this one followed by this one and this one like the pattern becomes way too easy uh, well, I, once they once they go to the bar and then everybody starts yeah. dying at the house, I did find that a little too quick. I yeah, found like everybody's death happens. was so rapid. It just it's it's within the time frame that we go to the bar. What four or five characters get wiped out? Yeah, and like pretty quickly. That's that's just that's super fast, and that's kind of that's kind of a pacing thing, and it kind of goes to like what I mean with like yeah. those little things where it's just like. It's all there. It's it is a really good, enjoyable movie, but there are just certain things along the way here that it's like, oh, that was what the fuck? Pardon my French. Right. That, that's one. We're allowed one. We're allowed one. We're allowed one. Uh, are we? <laughs> I think we're just just go with me. We're allowed one. Um, Write it down. <laughs> uh, but it's like those are like the things that were bad for me. Was there anything yeah. else like substantial for you that jumped out as a bad? Honestly, from the end, once Jason starts coming into play, like you get to see him and stuff, there's too many times when I see him, I want to laugh and not be scared. So the entire time, 
I'm I'm kind of in a tensed feeling where he's going around and stalking and he does kill. But once once Jenny's on the run from him, there's like the off the top of my head, I can think of two like comical moments where like she gets in the car and he like comes up to, to the window and like in my mind he's just like ha, 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 I'm gonna get you and he ducks. And like to me, that took me out. And then there's another part where she's under the bed and she's looking around for him. And when he, she starts coming out, she notices him on the chair, and the chair breaks, and he falls like it's a Three Stooges. Show. I didn't enjoy the like the very comical style of shooting this because it I know that's not what they were going for but that's what it felt like like he's been this intense killer the entire time and these two moments are just so laughable and then Paul being able to take them kind of kind of threw me off too yeah it was um I, I I agree with you on that it got very comical there and considering in the first movie like again it comes uh, to me that's a little bit of the pacing and the way that the ending of the film kind of goes is the first film I think had such a really good back and forth between Mrs. Voorhees and uh, Alice Alice yeah uh, and this one turns into a little bit of the oh you know like it gets very yeah. oh like you said falling out of the chair that's a little the chair breaking he was on that chair for the entire time and that's part right. of my like it's just those little things that are like it's all here, but it kind of gets a little muddled and a little kind of ridiculous. And I get it's a sequel, and I understand, you know, this is Friday the 13th. Uh, but really, like, things you've established, you're kind of going back on. Things that you're trying to establish, you're kind of not making sense on. Why is that happening? Why is that happening? Uh, I do want to say, though, as well, as much as we're kind of in the bad right now, I do like the ending. I love the ending at the shack. I was going to say the same exact Thing that like the whole lead up to that yeah the The whole lead up to it might be bad but when they get to the shack yeah that's that's pretty damn badass to end the movie like the final 10 minutes like that well it's awesome to see where jason is and once again we play the game so it's cool that you know in the game they have jason's shack so seeing it in movie form is kind of fun but on top of the awesomeness of Jason coming to get Jenny and to kill her, and yes, she puts on like his mom's sweater because the head's in there and on a shrine, and she puts on the sweater. But what's really awesome is You're the fact say it. that the fact that Jason is there and he's confused because Betsy Palmer, who plays Jason's mom, comes back in cameos and does the dialogue that Jenny's doing. Oh, okay. See, yeah, that's badass that she does that. I thought you were going to say, because I love this one moment as well where uh, Jenny kind of, when she realizes, oh, I, I kind of look like his mom. You look like the mom, right? Yeah. And she puts the sweater on. She gets down face to face with the face and starts like messing with her hair, trying to make it like. To she, look like. Yeah. It. She starts creating the look. And I, I love that moment because I'm like, oh, she realizes it. She's going to like, oh man, she's going to try and pass off as the mom. I didn't. As dumb as this is, I didn't even put two and two together that Betsy Palmer obviously had to come back to shoot those scenes. Right. Uh, I just went, oh, cool. They had archival footage of Betsy Palmer from the first one. And she's just saying the dialogue that Betsy Palmer happened to say. Like, I didn't even think that. Oh, yeah. They obviously brought her back. (laughs) 
Like, you got to think about what kind of paycheck Betsy Palmer got just to sit in a black room and her to deliver those lines. Yeah. Like, you know she got paid. Just but, to go, Jason. But what I, no. But what I love is the fact that, yes, it does kind of work at first because, you know, she's she's saying what mommy yeah. would say. And it's working for a moment. And then he notices the head. So it doesn't dumbify him so much. It, it does show that, like, well, he, he does get that weak minded walk. and he wants his mommy. Yeah. But he then can, he doesn't believe it. Yeah. But he he gives that funny dog look. In the yeah. beginning, like that that head tilt, like, huh, mommy? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I got, yeah, like, I he doesn't give, understand. Yeah, gotta give him a lot of credit there for for a guy who's got oh, a yeah. bag on his head and one eye showing. I was like, oh, he's he's confused. He thinks mom's here. Like that's some, right. some pretty good acting right there for a tall guy right. with a bag on his head. Uh, but right. yeah, no, that's that's a cool. Uh, I I like that he's not totally confused as well. And again, it kind of establishes that. He's still human at this point in the franchise. Right, right. And that's the fun part. Like I said, people forget that he's human. Now, before before we end, because this is a little bit of a knock, and I don't know how to come at this because it's really a problem with part three and two connecting more so than anything. Um. So the end of this movie... I be, and like I said, I've watched part three a bunch because I can't wait to talk about part three. Yeah, part three it, is fun. It's so it's so fun, bad, it's great. Yeah. But if you watch part three, it shows you the ending of part two, right? Yes. And the way they portray it in part three, because I was kind of taken aback. It's been a while since I've seen part two because I'm not so familiar with it. That's why I think I had a great time with this uh, watch. But if you watch the beginning of part three and it shows you the ending, it ends at the shack. Like they kill and then they leave. And then it shows Jason like scooting away. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's the, that's exactly how it ends in part two. So when it was showing me them going to the cabin and getting there and then that dog that everybody thought was dead was coming to Jenny and then he busts through the window. I was kind of taken aback by this just solely because, okay, so you're trying to recreate the, the swimming finish like the last movie did mm -hmm. because you want that last scare, which I completely understand. If you would have ended it right there, I think I would have been way better with it than it going to the next scene. And Jenny's asking where Paul is. That doesn't make sense because then in part three, none of that gets brought up. Yeah, now you got me confused because you're talking the two different movies. So now I'm thinking of two. Yeah, that's right. That's that is a confusing thing. It's very confusing. But I guess it makes no just, sense. But but my biggest problem about that, and this is what I think is kind of cool, is that Steve Miner, who directed part two, directs part three. Yeah. So why did you just naysay? I think something like they're like, oh, there's no way we can explain this without bringing them back to film more stuff. And I, th they didn't want to recreate the Alice situation for part three. So I guess I won't, I won't put it into the negative for when we review part three. I just felt like I needed to bring it here just because I'm so used to part three's beginning yeah because i watched that one so much but i mean i guess as a part two that's a cool finish but i know what's going to happen 
but you don't know what's going to happen because you haven't seen part three and we haven't talked part three yet. <laughs> no, we haven't. No, we haven't. Uh, but, um, yeah. No, but I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It did need to be brought up in this episode as opposed to the next episode because it right. does have a bigger effect on part two, uh, specifically yes. when you do start, you know, I get that ending if part three isn't out yet but now that part three does exist and we will talk about that within the next iconic episode as well we'll, we'll continue down the jason Voorhees uh <laughs> marathon saga of films uh and eventually right. get to the trilogy portion that i talked about earlier because yeah yeah there you is a so trilogy excited. there is a trilogy within friday the 13th as well <laughs> yes okay <laughs> uh but yeah no now once you see part three and we get to that it does really screw up a lot of part two, specifically the ending of part two. Yeah. So, okay. Um, what would you, what would you, well, I guess you saw the Rotten Tomatoes score, right? Uh, I happen to be on the internet and came across that, yes. Uh, you Do you want to tell our lovely fans what the critic and audience scores are? Uh, well, mm-hmm. are we talking the, we're talking IMDb for audience score, right? Well, I have the IMDb. Be up, but I thought you had the Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, you're talking both Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. Uh, well, ha-ha. the IMDb ha-ha. score is 6.1. Yes. So which... it's a 6.1 out of 10, which just means like it's fine. That's fine. That's how that's how people took it on IMDb's ratings. Okay. And over on the uh, tomato, the uh, tomato meter, the one that matters the most. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, t- that's what they tell me. <laughs> uh, what do you think it is for the critics? Critic-wise, I mean, the first movie did what, like sixty? I want to say something like that. Had a something like that. Pretty decent. I feel like I feel like they would have just looked at this as a cash cow, honestly, and it would have probably been like mm, thirty-five. Lower than that, it was actually twenty-nine percent. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was around. um, Yeah, you were close. You were close. Uh, you know, could. Critics kind of just felt that it was just, you know, a lot of gruesome, over-the-top, unnecessary boobage. Uh, But audiences seem to be kind of uh, down the middle. It got a 48% from the audience scores, uh, which, you know, again, kind of a middle-of-the-road Type well, of just film. like IMDb, where it's yeah. Like so if you take both of them, it's 50 50. Right yeah. There. It's like it's... someone can like it, someone. Um, I think it's worth a watch if you're doing like a whole assessment of the Jason movies. I don't think it's in like my top five or anything like that out of them. Uh, I just found it as an interesting okay watch, being that I'm a fan of the video game and seeing Pack in there. I mean, down to like the drawers. When you look at the drawers, they're that green color yeah. that that are in the video game. So I had a fun time with that, and, but I don't think it's a good movie. I, I just personally think it's slightly better than the first one. I'm kind of uh, with you on that. I don't find it to be a really good movie. I find it to be kind of uh, it, it does set the template. It, there are a lot of things yeah. that are done in this movie that get crafted and honed in on so much better in the next film. So it's there. It, everything's kind of there, but you know, like yeah. again, as we talked about, that that third act kind of is just so quick. It's so yeah. rushed. It's so kind of all over the place. And they had such a nice setup to get there that it's like you took your time to get there. 
and then you got there and you felt like you had to go all Game of Thrones and get it done really quickly. Uh, right. So <laughs> this show, that joke is either still very timely or not. <laughs> Uh, by the time you've heard this uh, special, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I would—I'm oh <laughs> kind of with you. If you're watching, you know, the way we're watching this from part one to, uh, I think Freddy versus Jason, and then the uh, twenty—the reboot. Oh yeah, the 2009 reboot. So we're gonna dive yeah. deep into it. Uh, yeah. If if you're doing that, yeah, absolutely, because there are some things that are set up that you know I'm sure will might come back to play in maybe part three a little bit more, uh, and then maybe you know, maybe eventually a little bit further down the road as well, uh, type stuff. So uh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, you could skip it in your Friday the Thirteenth watching viewing habits and go on yeah. to a better one. Yeah. Which we'll awesome. eventually talk about down the road because there are some coming up in the near future on this special that uh, <laughs> are really fun. And then there are some yeah. other ones. Yeah. Yeah. All the way. God, I'm not looking forward <laughs> to one of those watches <laughs> coming up very oh, soon. Lord. There's one that I'm not looking forward to. Oh, good. Ooh. Oh, I'm so interested. Oh, you know who it is. Do I? Oh, you know who it is. Everybody plays him oh, in the okay. damn Friday the 13th game, too. Okay. Yeah. yeah I know yeah. who you're talking about. I know who you're looking, talking yeah, about. Yeah, that one's going to be fun to watch. Uh, right. So I, I I guess that'll do it. Yep. That'll be that. All Jack. right. That'll be that. We dove into Friday the 13th Part 2. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, let us know what you think of the movie as well in the review comment section on our Facebook page, facebook.com, Haunters Podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter. More specifically, you can talk to Zach on Twitter at HauntersPOD. <laughs> he responds. He's good with that stuff. I get lost in the... I love Twitter, but I get lost in the Twitter sphere. My tweets are That's simply... Fine. Hashtag LGM. I got a little Mets logo next to that. Yay. You're <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, man. Okay, well, until next time, uh, go back, review us, listen to us. We have other episodes as well where we talk Halloween Horror Nights and uh, so much more. And uh, on that note, Zach? Yes? Stay scary, my friends. I say that on this, right? I thought we do iconic. <laughs> That's right. Okay, Zach? What? Iconic. <laughs> Idiot! <laughs> <laughs>